Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hit Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission-driven, which means that they're dedicated to featuring authoritative shows, hosts, and guests who take on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. If you're looking for bingeable content related to the healthcare industry, they've got more than 8,000 episodes on demand waiting for you. From professional development, the patient voice, digital health, innovation and entrepreneurship, and of course, health IT, they've got you covered. So this is your official invitation to check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com. On today's episode of Hit Like a Girl, we're continuing on our sister theme. Kat McDavitt, the principal advisor at Incena Communications, interviews her lady boss sister, Liz Carden. These two have a fun chemistry, so let's hear what they have to say. I have a very special guest today. Um, she is my sister, uh, Liz Carden. <laughs> It's already going to be ridiculous. Liz Carden, she is the Director of Strategic Planning for InTouch Solutions. And Liz, I'm going to have you do uh, your own introductions because I might not make it through it. Right, right. So, right. So, hi, everyone. Uh, And, you know, everyone, thank you for having me. So, right, I am the Director for Strategic Planning at InTouch Solutions, as Kat mentioned. And uh, I have had quite a wild trip to get here. So, once upon a time, I started out wanting to save the world. And I thought that nonprofit was the way to get there. It was not. That ain't me. No. <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows this, but there's a there's not a lot of budget in nonprofit. Um, and although I, I I met some great people and I I met some of the great mentors out there, um, and it was really fantastic to be able to impact communities and start in the community side of it. So I did get my master's in public health from Drexel. I started off community health and prevention, and I worked with the Arthritis Foundation, met some fantastic people there. And because of that, I was able to transfer into the marketing world. So I went into then a company called HealthEd, and it was all about behavior change and marketing in the pharmaceutical world. So how do you impact large communities and impact their health? And how the hell do you get people to change their behavior? Because we all know what is the number one hardest thing to do when it comes to behavior change. 
lose weight. So if you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like how do you, if you can't like, you just think about your own health. Right. And then you think about, well, okay. Heart disease, diabetes, cancer, uh, perif- like peripheral neuropathy. Like there's a thousand and one different diseases. How do we get people to take their medicine every day, potentially for the rest of their life or, you know, change the way that they eat for diabetes or, you know, whatever it may be. Behavior change is hard. And then uh, my role is really to think about at that time, what content do you need to give them? And then how do you get that information to them? And really, that's that's where I started to really get into the weeds. And I met some fantastic people. And that's where I started to build my community and my network. So, um, you know, so what are you going to do? A brochure, a website? Are you going to start marketing to them in EMRs? Or how are you going to get them that information at times that actually changes their behavior? Because I'm going to tell you what, like, I don't care. You send me a brochure in the mail. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what are you going to put up a website? Okay, cool. But like, how do you really get somebody to change their behavior? It's not a one-time thing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I learned a lot there and then, um, you know, became a mom, uh, you know, <laughs> had, what was that like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, most of your, your viewership knows, right. Um, and you balance this world of wanting to change the world versus wanting to be the world to these small people. Mm. I like and, that. I like that. But, but it sucks because you also have to choose. Mm-hmm. How do you be good at everything? Um, and we're, I don't know, shout out, to, shout out to Linda because she said, my mother, our mother, who mm-hmm. said, uh, you know, you're really, you're really the first generation, at least in her eyes and in my eyes, um, to really do this for the first time, because who was, from a female perspective, who were the first ones to really work full-time and have a family full-time and manage a house full-time and really to want and do it all, right? So then at that time, I was commuting three to four hours a day. I remember that, yeah. Over the border, over the toll toll booth. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, New Jersey taxes and tolls, which is even worse now. <laughs> so um, so I said, well, as a friend of mine says, uh, why build someone else's dream if you're not going to build your own? And started my own business. And that is where someone that I met um, and someone that you know as well, actually two people, Natanya Wachtel Jones and Jeff Green. Um, I went into business with them at New Solutions Factory. We had our own shop. We worked directly with pharmaceutical clients and that did that for, I did that with them for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Worked with some really big names and I worked even independently in many different agencies. And I have to say, if, look, it's scary as hell. It is horrifying to take that first step. And every damn month is horrifying. How much money are you going to make? Where's that money going to come from? Well, you are they going to pay? Are, are they going to pay their invoice? Do I got to shake somebody down to get that money? Like, <laughs> is it 30-day pay? Is 60, 90? Like, 120 days? Like, what? do I have to pay my quarterly taxes? Like, right, right. Oh, yes, like, you know, and there's a lot you have to think about, but it gives you a genuine appreciation for the business side of it. And I can't say how much I encourage people to 
maybe it's not for everyone and plus not everybody needs that competition but like for people like ourselves who really do thrive on that and who have that drive what a fantastic experience and it has definitely made me a better business person by far and i don't really qualify myself as a business person but i'm extremely grateful that that is something that i have done in my life mm-hmm. because of that i tell you what i didn't i do not give a crap about titles and that was one of the things my well, shit I do. How, 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 did, how did being self-employed beat that out of you? Because it didn't out of me. <laughs> I've been I've been a president. I've been a principal. I've been a this. I've been a that. I've been everything from the from a nothing title. I've had no title to the top. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I made my own titles. Well, I've been that's, the- that's true. I, I, I did often tell my, my former boss that I was once to a CEO. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I joke with um one of my old bosses. I said, I've been the CEO of dumpster fires. Like I, I've been. Yeah. Um, so I don't get hung up on that. What I genuinely want to do is uh, do work and be appreciated for it. And I want to like do big things. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, Okay, so it was last year's motto, but it was um, uh, do epic shit, right? Do, uh, doing epic shit in 2020. Yep. Right? And that'll always be 2021. I don't care what year it is. Like, that'll always be the motto. Um, right? So then, I mean, I know I'm meandering here, but... I love, uh, I love it. I love it. Well, I think it's good stuff. I mean, I want to dig into just like the, the taking the leap to go be self-employed. And, and, and then, so like, okay... We can talk about that later. But you also yeah. made the leap to go back into the corporate world. Yeah, it was romance, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I was romance. And I tend, look, I've got big feelings. And mm. I like people with big feelings. And I took a consulting gig with a big firm, a huge firm, a giant firm. And I was really into the job and um, the impact and being able to connect all these different technologies and, uh, you know, I was super excited about it um, and connecting with some old employer or employees too, some old colleagues. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm in for this. I want to go. And it was a global position, touching everything across the world and just have felt like I had this huge power behind me. I remember, I remember our mom saying, oh, did you see, did you see Elizabeth's big job? Okay, Linda. All right. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is a big, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that that aside, again, I made up my own title, more or less from that. My title did not exist there. Um, but all that being said, at the end of the day, um, you need to have people who are as hungry for impact as you are. Yep, I agree. Otherwise, you die. Um, yeah, and I mean, not to, and not to dissuade everybody, because... That's on that's on us. That's on people like yourself and myself, because maybe it's okay for everybody not to be as hungry as we are, because people, you know, maybe that's just not how people want to live. Right. And it's I know you can roll your eyes all you I'm want. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just thinking about it. We're silently judging. I understand. <laughs> um, but it's on us to find people and find your tribe, if you will, of people who want to get after it, right? Yep. yep. It's not I agree. They're I just agree. not. 
Well, I, I like what you're saying there. Cause it's kind of like, you know, do you, do you, well, and well, here's actually a question. Do you try to change the environment around you? If you find yourself in that place where you got some people who maybe don't have the same work ethic or, or that's not even the right way to say it. Cause I'm, I'm uh, agree. I shouldn't roll my eyes. Right. But just the same outlook on business, on, on how, how work impacts life. Um, or, or do you just go find somewhere else where those people already are? I tried. Mm. And, and you know, what happened is I got, um, miserable and frustrated and I became a poor fit. Mm. And again, that's on me. I didn't just go, okay, I should sit back. I should relax. I should take the easy route, which is just go along, get along and take what is served to me, do my job. And at the end of the day, go back and sit back with a glass of wine and whatever. But I'm, I like to hustle. I like to win. I like to do big things. Mm -hmm. But again, and I have to tell myself that it's okay that not everyone is like that. And in my head, it's not really, it's not, everything in my head is Right. Well, well, you know, I, I had the same problem, you know, I just came from a, a, the land of being employed for a little bit here and the same thing. I mean, other, you know, I, I think on leadership teams, generally everyone wants to kill it, right? Like you're, you're out there and you're going to go spear a big whale. Um, but I, but I also think that there are a lot of people at a company, especially a company, the size that you were at um, that, yeah, they, they, that's, that's not what they're being paid for, right? They're, they're being paid to do kind of the nine to five and, um, and that is okay. That is okay. We need people like that. Yeah. It's true. But in the line of romancing, I will say one of my, again, one of my old colleagues, Jeff Green, went fishing and he put something out on LinkedIn that stole my heart. And I went, Jeff Green, what are you doing? Where, where are you working? Because he put out this lovely clickbait. He's an excellent writer, I have to say. Um, And he wrote this beautiful, like, romantic tale about the company he's working for. Spoiler, it's In Touch Solutions. And I had to, I just had to know more. Um, Note, and the tagline for In Touch Solutions is no challenge too big to cure. Mm. And I was like, uh... Okay. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Liz, she's got this thing with about saving the world and, and she seems to have chosen the, the clinical and pharmaceutical world to do that. And so, yeah, she's got these big feels about the, about the pharma. I do because like, because health is personal for everybody. Right. Um, and we often treat it like it's not, but health is a very personal thing to everybody. So that being aside, um, health matters to everybody. So, Long story short is uh, that that's how I ended up at InTouch Solutions. And I'm, I'm talking to these different people and, you know, everybody can kind of feed you what you want to hear. But I like to watch people's faces when I, when I interview and I don't interview a lot. <laughs> I don't interview a lot. <laughs> tell Jeff, tell Jeff Green. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yes. But, but I do tell people the story. Um one of the people I interview with who I work with now, Kyle, um, one of my interview questions is always, well, tell me how XYZ company has helped you grow. And Kyle starts telling me about his passion project and to see his face. And it doesn't even matter what his passion ah. project is. But to see his face lights light up and to know that a company invests in your personal passion. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, and needless to say, that's where I am now. That's where I'm working. Um, and 
I mean, you know, I again looking to do big things, looking to invest hard. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, I, I just had to text the boys in the other room to tell them to be quiet because I think they're playing iPad with your son uh, and they're very loud. So I apologize to anyone that can hear that. But OK, so back to like real business here. So I think what's really so, so what I'd like to talk about a little bit here is um, I, I do love the, the the jumping off the cliff into the deep blue sea of, of, of your own business. Um, but I also love the idea of like, you know, you're right. Um, the, this is kind of like a, a new thing for a lot of women that like in, in many cases, women are the breadwinner. Uh, but they still love the double burden or triple burden of managing a home, managing family. And loving what you do is really important if you are in that position. And um, I, I know that uh, you've you've made some changes in your career to like really find that place where you can have the big feelings and feel great about it and use those big feelings for big purpose. Um, and I think that that's something that um, a lot of women, when they're in that situation where they're trying to balance family and life and work, they think, oh, I can't make a change. You know, it, uh, you know, it's stable. This is stable right now. And they and they neglect to think like big term, like this might be short term pain to change this job, but this is going to be better for me. So I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I'm like pulling that out of nowhere, but that's kind of how I feel about what you're saying. I mean, I, that's potentially fair. I mean, you you did notice a, there's a couple of things there that like crawled into my heart for a second, but um, <laughs> one, because you're talking about woman owning the burden. Um, we didn't even touch on the fact about coronavirus world, pandemic oh, world, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> homeschooling and owning that burden and working. And you've got, a, you've got kids over here, your computer's over here, you're on the phone, whatever. Um, and that's just, you know, increasing kind of some inequalities that may exist in yeah. that whole space. Um, especially when you're working from home, well, this episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird, Inc. CMS's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com.